Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you happen to be tuning in to our Sunday worship service. Thank you for joining us. Of course, we have been informed this past week that our uh, current lockdown is being extended through Christmas, uh, through New Year's, and so, of course, there's a lot of, a lot of ramifications for that, and uh, we as a church, of course, have to uh, look ahead, and, and now uh, we know that we're not going to be able to have our regular Christmas Eve service here in person uh, like we always do. And so this is going to be a different year, and it's been a different year all along. We already had to go through this back at Easter, and now we're going through it at Christmas. And it's not, of course, ideal. It's not what we want. We want to be together. But we have um, a way that we can still have a special Christmas Eve service. And so as a music committee, we have been planning towards that already. And so I would want to inform you of how we're going to be uh, doing that. We are going to be asking for... Uh, submissions from parents and, and children, uh, specifically those within our, our church's Sunday school program who would like to submit something uh, for the Christmas Eve service. And so you can record uh, a poem, a song, a little skit at home, something relating to Christmas. And if you don't have any ideas, you can speak with uh, Brittany Greening or our Sunday school uh, superintendents, uh, Janice Neufeld or, or Angela Graham. And they may have some ideas uh, to pass along to you. And so with those, we will ask that you have them uh, recorded and submitted to the uh, church's email. And you can email those to kmctechteam at gmail.com. So kmctechteam at gmail.com. Or if you prefer, you can put them on a memory stick and bring them in person to the church and leave that memory stick in the music committee mailbox uh, in the church's uh, mailboxes in the foyer. So those are the two ways to get them in. Our deadline will be uh, Sunday, December the 20th to have those submissions in by. We will be compiling them, putting them together into one presentation that will then air on December 24th, Christmas Eve. And so we're hoping that this will be a special evening. And if any adults would like to submit something as well, uh, a song, even just a word of greeting to the church family, we would welcome those submissions as well and, and put this together uh, as a special Christmas Eve as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. And so this is going to be different, but we're, we're still going to uh, have a special time and, and make it uh, memorable, I hope. For our offering, I would remind you again that you can still give to the church uh, in two ways, you can mail a check payable to Clarny Mennonite Church to Box 969, Clarny, Manitoba, R0K1G0. Or you can bring your check in person, and there's an offering box located in the church foyer. I would now invite you to take your Bibles and turn with me to today's scripture from Luke chapter 1 and verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. 
You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who is said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. So far, the reading of God's word. Today is the third Advent Sunday, where we lit the candle of joy, and thanks to Vic and Shauna for doing that for us today. Today's Advent narrative will be focusing on Mary, a principal character in the Christmas narrative. I've entitled it, Mary's Sorrow and Mary's Joy. Would you bow with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that in the midst of all circumstances, you give us joy. Joy that is not based upon circumstances, but joy that comes from you, our great God, our Savior. That you give us joy in the knowledge that we are your children, that, we are, that our sins are forgiven, and that we are in right standing with you, fully justified to come before your throne of grace and receive mercy, and that there we can boldly make our requests and know that you hear and that, Holy Spirit, you intercede for us. And Lord Jesus, our Savior, you also intercede at the right hand of the Father for what we need in our times of trial and testing. And so, Lord, in this time of trial and testing in our world, in our province, we thank you that you are interceding for us and that you are with us as we walk through this challenging year and through another challenging season in this year. And so, Father, I know many of us are struggling with heavy hearts at the thought of not being able to gather this Christmas in the way that we have in the past. We know, Lord, that there will be loneliness and, and thoughts of despair or depression that will, that will run deep this season. And so, Father, we simply pray, may your joy be our strength. Not a joy that's a, a fake smile pasted on, but a deep joy that, that dwells deep in our hearts that nothing can take away. And so we pray, Lord, that as Mary had to learn of this joy in the midst of her incredibly, incredibly difficult year, we pray, Lord, that there would be things that would stand out to us that you would do the same for us, just as you did for Mary. And so I pray, speak through this word, Lord. Meet our needs. Bring this story alive once more. And we pray, Lord, that you would be glorified through this. In Jesus' name, amen. What an incredibly strange year it had been. And what an incredibly strange sight now lies before my eyes. Oh, mother and father, if only you could see me now, you would never believe it. Mary was yet again lost in her thoughts during her early morning prayer time, pondering all of the incredible events that had happened. As from her hilltop view, she gazed into the distance at the great pyramids of Giza. 
Their silhouettes were just beginning to emerge on the southwestern horizon as the first golden rays of the sunrise glinted off their marble-sheathed sides like giant mirrors. A sudden pang of homesickness washed over her at the thought. Oh, Mama, oh, Papa, how I miss you so. And oh, how worried you must be about me. You don't even know where we are, or even if we are alive or dead. And oh, how I long to introduce you to your special grandson. Fresh tears began to build in her eyes at the thought, clouding her vision. She shook her head and took a deep breath, trying to fend them off. At this, she then shifted her eyes from the great pyramids towards the nearby city of Heliopolis, where the early rays of sunlight were also beginning to glint off its many obelisks and towering architecture. Though magnificent, the sheer paganism of it all gave Mary cold chills whenever they passed by one of their ugly pagan idols. Thankfully, she had no need to go there often, for lying behind her was the small village of Metoraye, wherein resided a small Jewish community that had welcomed them in. From there on, it had been easy enough for Joseph, Mary, and child to blend in, and the wealth given them by the Magi's unexpected gifts had made paying for their travel and accommodations quite easy. In fact, the only challenge was to keep their gifts hidden and to not draw any unwanted attention to themselves. The threat from roadside bandits was always real enough, let alone the ever-looming threat of King Herod's murderous rage. At that thought, a worry that had been gnawing at her mind all day resurfaced. What if that man in the market, the one who had been asking about us, what if he's one of King Herod's spies? Their panicked flight from Bethlehem in the middle of the night came rushing back to her. She vividly recalled Joseph's urgent voice waking her from a deep sleep with the news that yet another angelic visitor had warned him that Herod was coming to kill their son. Then the chilling news that had followed them down the road into Egypt, that indeed King Herod's soldiers had slaughtered all the baby boys of Bethlehem. An involuntary shudder ran down Mary's spine as she wondered, Is that what the old man Simeon, the one at the temple, is that what he had meant when he had said to her, And a sword will pierce your own soul too? Mary swallowed hard and then said out loud, No, we're safe. Then taking a deep breath, she recited the words of the psalmist, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And had that not been true, had the Lord's angels not protected them in ways that she could never have imagined? For had not God's mighty angels guarded their steps every single step of the way? What an incredible year it had been, all sparked with that first visit of an angel. But through it all, had they not kept her safe? Had they not kept her precious son safe? Yes, the mighty one has done great things for me. The tears that Mary had earlier tried to fend off now spilled over, tracking their way down her face. The tension between sorrow and joy seemed to be this never-ending tug-of-war within her, and the many ups and downs that she had experienced along the way left her feeling emotionally drained. 
She loved Joseph and her precious son more than life itself. And she knew without any hesitation she would lay down her life for any one of them. But still, home was so incredibly far away. And she had no idea when or even if she'd be able to return again. How many family gatherings and feasts hadn't she already missed? And how many more would she yet have to miss before seeing her family again? Like a picture sealed in her mind, she remembered that final glance over her shoulder as she and Joseph had departed and she had seen her parents still standing and waving with that forced cheerfulness. Though the Roman census made the long trip from Nazareth down to Bethlehem necessary, at Mary's advanced stage of pregnancy, she knew that her parents had been quite worried. Don't worry, I'll be fine, had been her parting words. But she knew now that they had reason to worry. When they had finally arrived in Bethlehem, their desperate search trying to find a place to deliver the baby, and then finally having him in a stable alongside the livestock was most definitely not how she'd imagined having her first child. Her mother would have simply shuddered at the thought, appalled if she had known. And now with them simply having vanished off the face of the earth without a single word, Mary knew that her parents would be fearing the worst. She tried to force her thoughts into a more cheerful direction and said out loud, But if only my cousins could see me now. This poor Nazarene girl is now a world traveler that is visited by angels and magi, pursued by kings, and now lives as a fugitive within the heart of Egypt. She laughed. For in spite of the fact that she had lived them, these events still sounded outlandish even to her own ears. However, the single fact that still seemed most unbelievable of them all was the words she now whispered to herself for what seemed like the thousandth time, and they still sounded as strange as the first time she had whispered them. And I am the mother of the Messiah. And as Mary stared into the distance, she again wondered, Who will believe me? Who will believe me when I can still scarcely believe it myself? I am the mother of the Messiah, the Savior, Emmanuel. And the thought staggered her every time that she pondered it in her heart. Of all of the millions of women who had ever lived, why did God choose me to be the mother of his son? God with us the very one who will save his people from their sins. How could I, a simple handmaiden, possibly be worthy of that highest of all honors, to be the mother of my Lord? Mary closed her eyes as she recalled again for the countless time that one moment in time that had changed everything. The moment where God's messenger had interrupted the course of the most ordinary of girls' lives with a word straight from God's throne to her ears. It had been a day much like any other, where Mary had just been going about her business and had finally, at the end of it, entered her small room after a long day of work. She had been daydreaming about her upcoming wedding day and about Joseph, her betrothed. 
He was certainly not from a wealthy family. But as a respected carpenter, she knew that he would work hard to provide for her and their children yet to come. Joseph was also a man of few words. But on those rare occasions he did speak, everyone listened. For everyone knew that he was a just and godly man. And that was truly what mattered most to Mary. It was that she would be marrying a man who loved God and was devoted to him in just the same way that she was. Besides, Mary knew that she could talk enough for the two of them. The day that Joseph had come to her father to ask for her hand in marriage and to arrange the dowry had been one of the happiest of Mary's life. But then, just as Mary closed the door to her room, her daydreams had been abruptly interrupted in the most remarkable of ways. An angelic figure had suddenly stood before her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Needless to say, she had been startled at his sudden appearance and then terrified at his glowing presence. This can't be real, had been her first thought. But the the angel had immediately said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Of all of those incredible words, the ones that had stood out to her the most were this, you will conceive and bear a son. And so the only question that had sprung to mind had been, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now, Mary was certainly no expert on the matter, but she knew enough to know that what the angel had told her would happen was completely and utterly impossible. But the angel had answered her question. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. The next moment, though short in measured time, in Mary's mind had seemed to stretch on forever. As she had tried to comprehend the angel's incredible message and what it all meant for her, she was Highly favored by God? She, though a virgin, would conceive a son without an earthly father? Her child, her son, would be called the Son of God? He would rule on the throne of David? His kingdom would never end? And even her barren cousin Elizabeth was going to have a son in her old age? Truly was anything impossible for God? And as these thoughts raced through Mary's mind, in that eternal moment, as heaven and earth met, and the eternal plans of God had suddenly interrupted the simple plans of a humble servant girl, something warm and beautiful sparked in Mary's heart. Was it joy? Joy in the realization that God 
knew her name and was giving her his own son? Was it hope? Hope that the long-awaited Messiah was finally coming to bring God's kingdom to earth and rule forever? Was it faith? Faith that the angel's seemingly impossible message would come to pass? Was it love? Love for God, her Savior, who looked with such loving favor upon his humble servant girl. Mary could never properly describe what it was, for that which was born in her heart in that moment was all of those things and much more. Then out of that wellspring of her heart, her mouth spoke, and in a humble voice filled with awe, she had replied, I am the Lord's handmaiden. May it be to me just as you have said. And even as the last word was uttered, just as abruptly as the angel had appeared, he was gone. And Mary recalled how in the hours and the days that had followed, she had run the full gamut of emotions. The most common had been joy at the angel's message, but then followed by doubts that it had all been some sort of a strangely vivid dream, or that somehow she had eaten something and had hallucinated. Then the confirmation that had come later on that month, that yes, indeed, she was pregnant. It had thrilled her heart once more, but it had also followed with a distressing thought. But how will Joseph receive this news? How can he possibly believe my story? What if he rejects me outright? Worse still, what if he does it publicly? What if his family insists that the law of Moses be kept to the letter and I be stoned to death as an adulteress? But even as the dreaded day had come where she could no longer hide her condition and finally had to tell her parents, and then the darker day that had followed when Joseph revealed that he had decided to end their betrothal in secret, Even so, she had not lost faith. For even in the face of all of these doubts and fears of the unknown future, what had been born in her heart remained steadfast and unshakable. What was the angel's words? Nothing was impossible with God. And she believed it was so. It was all his plan. She was simply along for the journey. And so through it all, Mary had clung desperately to the belief that God who had birthed both in her heart and in her womb, that he would make a way forward for both of them, even where there seemed to be no way forward at all. And so she had believed, and so it had happened. Joseph had soon also received an angelic messenger in a dream, confirming that Mary had not been unfaithful to him, But in fact, she had been more faithful to God than he could possibly have imagined. And even as Mary sat now under the Egyptian sky, just as her forefathers had done many, many centuries before, she once more lifted up her anxious thoughts and fears to the Lord. And once more she received his faithful mercies, which are new every morning. And just as her heart had responded to the angel's words many months earlier, it quietly responded once more in simple faith as Mary silently prayed, Yes, God my Savior, 
You have faithfully kept your promises to me every single step of this journey, bearing your son. So I trust that you will also keep your promises to us in the pathway yet ahead. Dark and lonely though it now seems, please bring us safely back to our homes and families once more. The tears began to fall once again as she prayed her prayer to the Lord. Mary, Mary, where are you? Joseph's voice disrupted the peaceful silence of Mary's prayers and tears. Someone's awake and looking for his breakfast. Mary turned to see the man and the child that she loved most in this world coming towards her. Joseph was smiling and broadly as Jesus was still rubbing the sleep from his eyes in the most adorable way possible, at least from a mother's perspective. As they approached, he reached out his little arms towards his mother, who with a wide smile took him in her own. Joseph was still smiling at her, which it then suddenly dawned upon Mary was very unusual for him at such an early hour. Joseph, what is it? Why are you smiling like that? I had another visitor in my dreams last night, came his reply. He told me that King Herod is dead. And then wrapping his arms around both Mary and child, he said, Mary, we're going home. And so they were. With one more part of their incredible journey drawing to a close, neither of them knew what lay down the road ahead though perhaps the child in their arms already knew far more than they could have guessed or even imagined. But one thing they did know beyond a shadow of a doubt was that whatever trials the future yet held in store for them, that God was with them, that his angels watched over them, and that no power in heaven or on earth would be able to stop their divine son from accomplishing the mission for which he had been sent. Yes, the journey was not yet over, but with the king of glory now living in flesh and blood on earth, the kingdom of heaven was coming, and in their hearts they knew that the kingdom had already arrived. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of your servant Mary who with such humility submitted herself to your will. So unexpected, so surprising, so unimaginable that you, the great God, would choose a humble servant girl living in a backwater town of Nazareth to bear your one and only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus. And so, Father, as Mary prophesied long ago, for this reason she is honored above all women, And Lord, we celebrate with her today that you sent your Son to save us all. And that, Lord, as we see through the example of Mary and Joseph, you came into a world filled with turmoil and such unexpected events that took place along the way. And so, too, in our world today, Lord, we face unexpected events. We face turmoil and we face, Lord, an uncertain future. But Lord, just as you guided Mary and Joseph and your son many years ago, so too you guide each one of us, your children. And in the same way, your angels watch over us. Though we may not see them, yet they are there. 
And we know, Lord, that they follow your commands to serve and protect your children. And so, Father, we continue to simply, in humble faith like Mary, say, Lord, have your way with us. May your perfect will be realized in each one of our lives, whatever the circumstances. We pray, Lord, that we will trust you and that we will know that you go before us and walk with us even now. And so, Father, we thank you that your kingdom has come and that by faith it is birthed in our hearts today and it has birthed a joy that no circumstance can take, for it is the joy of the Lord and you are our strength. We pray all of these things in our Savior's name, the Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, may God bless you richly in the week ahead, and Lord willing, we'll see you again back here next week.